Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. everybody. Welcome. Again, this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm Joe McCall, and I'm here with Alex. Alex Youngblood, how are you, sir? Hey, Joe. Great to be here. Good. We both have our phone voices on today because we were trying to record yeah. this earlier on Skype, and it wasn't working, wasn't cooperating, but that's okay. We, we never on. quit. We never quit, never give up, never get discouraged. Well, most of the time we don't. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So Alex, real quick, we I want to get on to this interview we have with Nathan, um, but we yeah. always talk about a deal or two at the very beginning, kind of what's going on with you and what's going on with me. Um, how You got a deal real quick you can tell us about. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a small deal, but I mailed out a uh, tax delinquent list, and there's probably about 500 names on there. Mail went out. I didn't get many calls. In fact, I was like, oh, that was kind of a bomb. But mm-hmm. the, one of those calls happened to be one where um, they were just ready to go. They're about a year behind on their uh, payments. So I came in there and uh, pretty much got it for the mortgage balance plus about $2,000 in their pocket. And I will wholesale it. And I've got my buyer lined up. And when it's closed, it'll make about $12,500. Nice. Very yeah. good. I've mailed tax delinquents before and have not been impressed with the response. We've gotten deals ah. from it, you know. So it's one of those lists that you you should but mail to. There's only 500 names, so it doesn't cost that much. So what, what's 500 500 pieces times 35 right. cents? What is what does that come out to? 150 bucks, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, okay, real quick though, we I did a deal recently from Google AdWords, and I never talked to the seller, never talked to the buyer. I partnered with a wholesaler, and in fact, I never even talked to the wholesaler. My assistant just kind of handled it for me, and it was really cool. Happy with the deal. came from Google AdWords. We just started doing that a month or two ago, a couple months ago. It's going well. This was a deal in the in the hood. Um, we bought in it for eight hood. grand. Yeah, we bought it for eight grand, and we sold it for twenty. And it's a sweet deal. It was a sweet deal, and that that deal actually kind of started while we were in Prague. So it closed after we got back from Prague, but yeah, I love those kinds of deals. We made, I made my half of the profit was 5,800 bucks and I'm really Sweet. excited about that. But guys, real quick, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com. We talk about how Alex and I do deals. We talk about how we wholesale deals and the systems that we use, the marketing that we do, the virtual assistants that we have, things like that. And it's called our fast cash survival kit. It's really good. You got to check it out. Um, but let's jump right in, Alex, shall we? We have a really, really special let's go. guest. I know. I say that a lot. We have a really cool guest, but this one is a really cool guest. <laughs> and all the times before I've said that, I've been lying. No, I'm just kidding. But this no. is no, no, no. But this one is especially uh, I'm ex- especially excited about. His name, his name is Nathan Jurowitz. We've interviewed him before on the show. Um, but a lot has happened since then, and I guess you could say that's an understatement. Alex, you've you've known you've known Nathan for a while. Were you when you saw this video, and we'll call it the video. <laughs> we'll we'll link to this in the show notes. But when you saw the video, 
What did you think? No, I I thought it was incredible because, I, I mean, I remember Nathan from the days where, you know, he started with testimonials on Preston's, Preston Ely's uh, Learn How to Wholesale uh, oh, yeah. ebook page. And, you know, from there he moved into doing some pretty awesome things that, you know, which we'll talk about till watching the video. And what I would say is that video was extremely raw and extremely honest. Yeah. The it, video. I've never seen I, the video. I've never seen anything like it before. And I've seen it like two or three times now. Um, and, and some of you guys watching who have seen that video, you might be thinking, oh, you know, Nathan's a good marketer. What's the pitch? What's the catch? But this is like, and we'll talk to Nathan about this. It, it was just amazing. And, it, you know, it really made me kind of think about, you know, who me, myself personally in my life. I mean, like, who do I have friends in my life that would help and bail me out when I hit rock bottom? You know, would I be able to ever come back from something like that has, that has hit Nathan? I mean, would I be able to come back like that? Um, so, but anyway, and would you Nathan, be able to be honest to yourself about it? Sure. You know, would you sure. be able, a lot of people get to that point, but they live in denial and they're not honest that they are in a situation where they realize, um, you know, they, they, uh, there, there's some things going on in their life that uh, they can't control. And, um, it, it's a humbling situation. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to be talking about that with Nathan because Nathan's on the line here. Nathan, how are you? I'm doing good, sir. I'm doing good. Well, we're glad you're glad here. To be here. Sorry, for, sorry for the long intro and making you go through several different, <laughs> uh, pre recordings for trying to get this thing to work, but we're, we're, we're here now. And, so we interviewed you before, Nathan, and that was probably about two years ago. And people should go look at that. Uh, just look up Nathan at realestateinvestingmastery.com in the search box, and you'll see the interview we did with him before. And we, this video, the video we're talking about, there will be a link to it in the show notes. And at the end of this podcast, I'll give you guys a special link that you can go look at it. But Nathan, talk about kind of – well, I don't know where you'd even start. Should we start like uh, when when I mean, you lost your I, first house to foreclosure? Go ahead. Uh, well, I guess I'll just start. I guess I'll just kind of start talking. I didn't really lose many houses to foreclosure because I was always buying and flipping. I was never a buy and hold guy. Yeah. And um, I think everything started going downhill just about the same time. Immediately after I did my last podcast interview with you two years ago. It was right oh, at that time. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was our fault. It really oh, was. Yeah. Joe's fault, not my fault. <laughs> yeah, I had um you know, I, I think that for those of you that don't know my story, hopefully I mean Joe, you've already sent at the time that this video goes out, you will have already have sent the video out yes. to the list. So hopefully they've all already watched it already. But if you haven't, long story short, you know, I got into real estate in 2006, I think it was, and then in 2009, I started entering the guru space. I started a website called shortsellswitches.com, teaching people how to flip houses without doing any work, and over the next three years, sold over $10 million online in the information marketing space. And That's a lot of incredible. You have this unfair bird's eye view when you were a guru. You really mm-hmm. see the difference between the people that make it and the people that don't do anything. And 
Um, I've been guilty of this, and really all, all of us have. I don't care who you are, and no one's perfect. When you're teaching people how to become successful, a lot of times we don't really teach you guys the real stuff of how to actually make it or how to actually do things because we're like, well, that's a really good real estate tactic there, but there's no way I could ever convince my followers that they could do that and they would never buy that. So because of that, we're not even going to teach it because people's belief system is totally screwed up as to what is and is not and what is possible and what is not possible. And that kind of really bothered me. So, you you get into the information marketing space with the best of intentions that we're going to help a bunch of people and we're going to make a bunch of money. But then when you see that only one out of 100 people actually does anything with your program, it turns into tricking people into buying your program knowing that they're never going to use it, okay? Right. Um, right. And that's just the reality of it. Um, and you don't really do it intentionally. It just sort of happens, you know, so, Nathan, I heard I heard you say that in the video, um, and uh, you know, and, and to the, your defense or defense of gurus, I guess you can say is, yeah. so, you know, what would you say the uh, percentages are of people that go to college for a degree and spend all this money, way more than they give a guru, <laughs> and how many of oh, them yeah. use it or don't use it, and whose responsibility is that? Yeah, I think that. Um, College, you know, I never went to college and I was homeschooled, and I don't know yeah. what the percentages are, but I really have no idea. I haven't looked at those statistics, but I I can tell you this: the people that go to college, they go to college with college blinders on. Yeah. Just they focus on the degree and the piece of paper. Really, college should be used as an experience and for networking. Um, Interesting. You know, and you know the 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 piece of paper that you get is just sort of a bonus. Of course, that's going to be different if you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be an accountant. But for everything else, um, you know, I would I would say that, you know, right now where we're at, it's you're just kind of prolonging the inevitable. But what happened to me is I had kind of decided that I had enough of this and I decided I was going to write this book called uh, Get Anything You Want, No BS. And, you know, what I found is the difference between the person that become successful in real estate is the person that can successfully infiltrate the good old boys club in the market that he's trying to market in. Um, that's the difference. It's not how smart you are. It's not how hard you work. It's not how much action you take. All those are all good things. It's not how, it's not, it's not how many podcasts you listen to. It's not how many coaching programs you sign up for. Those are all good things too. It's not how, which software you buy. Those are all good things to do. But the reality is, is we are not talking about, um, our ability to communicate and influence people. So if, you know, you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself, man, I've done everything the gurus told me to and I'm still not successful. The problem may just be that you're an asshole and people don't like doing business with you. <laughs> That's just reality. That's just reality. So you really have to look at wh why that is. And um, so I, you know, I, I set out to kind of like break into a, a whole different niche, a whole different brand and, uh, and, and write this book that taught people how to infiltrate the good old boys club the, as, uh, as people 
that are following real estate gurus, you know, from our perspective is we want to give you as many tools as possible to become successful. Here's my magical software. Here's my best coaching program. Partner with me, and um, I'm going to give you all the money in the world. But what happens is we end up handicapping you, okay, and it's almost like a crutch because you become codependent on us. That's just not how it's supposed to be. You have to get out there. You got to be a big boy and you got to go out there and you got to build relationships with private lenders. You got to build relationships with cash buyers. You got to build relationships with rehabbers and wholesalers. You got to come up with a strategy to find motivated sellers or, you know, banks or asset managers or whatever it is. It's all really the same thing, basically. And you have to get them to actually like you and go out and do it. And I just found that there was seven different things that were preventing people from getting into the good old boys club. And I'll just, we're not really going to talk about these seven things in too much detail on this interview, but I'll real quickly go over them. The seven things are a third party endorsement, frame control, likability, your appearance, credibility, popularity, and your ability to tell good stories. So I had set out that I was going to write this book and I was going to make it a New York Times bestseller. And I kind of made that decision in February of 2013. But when that happened, you know, everything went totally wrong. Things were, uh, you know, beyond my control, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, shit just got real. Okay. My parents got divorced. My girlfriend broke up with me. Business dried up. Things weren't, that used to work before weren't working. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I started having several severe manic episodes. Um, I was hospitalized four different times in November uh, 2013, December 2013, January 2014, and February 2014. And, uh, you know, when you go from becoming a, uh, you know, real estate internet celebrity and the largest short sale educator in the world to, you know, being an eight-by-eight padded room because the cops put you there, and your friends and family don't know where you are, it really sort of puts things in perspective. Uh So, you know, I've really spent the last two years figuring out why that happened and, you know, seeking God and, uh, and, and really kind of getting my act together and, and beating, uh, clinical depression. So now, you know, I'm right where a lot of other people are. I have no money. I have destroyed credit, and, um, you know, I'm going to get back into real estate, and I'm going to document myself getting back into real estate, um, you know, using all the same resources that you would have. The only currency that I have is my ability to make friends and my ability to influence people and my ability to get into the good old boys club, and I would put that way above any private lender or push button system or coaching program. You know, that right there um, really is is a skill that can be learned because it didn't come natural to me either. So, you know, on one hand, I have a lot of sympathy for the people listening to this right now that haven't made it happen because maybe you have personal issues. Maybe you do have clinical depressions, you know, so I'm not just going to stand here like every other douchebag guru and just say, you just have to make it happen, okay? You have to take action now. And maybe that is the issue, 
Um, but, you know, the, the big thing is, is the reason why you're probably not successful is because you're not able to influence people in the market that you're trying to attack. And that's just the God's honest truth. Well, you know, what you're saying about influencing people, a lot of that comes down to sales skills, for instance. So I I was talking to uh, somebody the other day, actually, about, uh, you know, why would people suck at this business? Um, Actually, it might be a good podcast title, but why do people suck at this business and what does it all come down to? Number one, you have what? Marketing. It all comes down to marketing. If you suck at marketing, you're not going to get leads. Okay, well, let's fix your marketing. Now you're good at marketing. You've got leads coming in. Well, number two, yeah. (laughs) Now what happens if you suck at, well, not even that. Now you've got, you have a way to deal with these leads and process the leads before you get to the point where you're going to talk to these leads. So now you got, we got to fix your um, intake system. So we get Joe to hook you up with your Podio systems and he does a great job. And now you've got a well-oiled machine. So we fixed your marketing, we fixed your your uh, lead processing, and now number three, you can suck at talking to sellers and suck at dealing with people on that level. So there's so many different aspects which you can suck at, and a lot of it does come down to dealing with people and influencing people because if you get those leads and can't do anything with them and communicate effectively to the sellers, you're dead in the water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The other thing I think that a lot of people aren't really getting, especially in this market now, so a lot of, you know, when people are trying to get into real estate, usually wholesaling is the first thing they want to do because it's the least risky. But um, you don't kill it. You waste too much time on deals that aren't deals. And the reason why you do that is because it's the only thing that you have going on. So you end up doing all of this busy work. Yeah. Um, I think... Like for me personally, as I'm getting back into real estate, and I haven't really started anything yet. I don't even totally know how I'm going to do it. I just put the video out there, figuring that something would probably magically happen. So that's kind of what I'm counting on. You know, so I don't have a. So you're not sure yeah. what venue you're going to. I just know I'm not going to do shorts. I know I'm not going to do short sales. I know that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think. But one thing that I do think that people don't really see is you. You have everyone that's basically advertising. I buy houses, I buy houses, I buy houses. And a lot of them are wholesalers that don't have any money. But a lot of them are actual real buyers, but they want to buy, rehab, and flip. So that means if you really look at the thing, they're, they're, they're going to buy uh, uh, houses for cash. They have to close on it. They've got to pay closing costs on the first closing. They have to rehab it. They have to pay holding costs. They have to pay insurance. And then they have to resell the property and pay closing costs and commissions and, you know, on the second closing and prorations and all that stuff. All that stuff adds up. So if you buy a house for $65,000 and sell it for $110,000, the profit is not $45,000. It's more like $25,000. And it depends on the rehab. So that means that if I'm going to go out there, in order for me to wholesale to that guy, I have to find a house with an after repair value of a hundred to hundred and ten thousand dollars and literally put it under contract for like fifty to sixty thousand dollars to build in enough fee to where I can make a five to ten thousand dollar assignment fee. 
to me, those deals are going to be few and far between. I think that if you built your business around selling to cash buyers or really strong private or hard money buyers that were buy and hold, but they have the passive mentality where they don't want to do any marketing or any hustling. They just kind of want a deal brought to them on a silver platter so they could make, you know, 10 to 15% ROI on their money. And they'll rehab it to themselves and hold it themselves. Those are actually real investors. And in a lot of cases, they're going to be willing to pay instead of 65 cents on the dollar, they're going to pay 75 to 80 cents on the dollar. But the problem is, is people think that, oh, well, if I get this big buyer's list of all these cash buyers, and anyone's just going to buy anything. And that's just not reality. So you either get cash buyers that want to lowball you so you're not able to build in a fee for yourself, or you get like retail half-assed you know, financing buyers and it ends up falling apart the at the last second because their financing wasn't strong enough because when the, the house didn't pass inspection because it needed rehab. And that's why you have all these deals falling apart last second. I think that what we need to do, especially people in the wholesaling industry, is really focusing on finding passive cash investors that are buy and hold guys, figuring out what they want and then pretty much throwing all the other leads in the garbage. Um, another strategy that I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to get my real estate license in the near future here pretty soon, not because I want to be a realtor, because that sounds like a very miserable job, um, <laughs> but so that I can legally get paid a referral fee on all the deals where, you know, you advertise, I buy houses everywhere and you get all these idiots that call you up and they're like, well, I got a house that's appraised at 150,000 two years ago. And you look at the comps and it's actually worth probably 120. And they're like, yeah, I'm willing to sell it for 110. Well, we can't do anything with those leads. And those leads come in, you know, probably nine out of 10 leads that you get calls on end up being just like that. So to talk to them and kind of bring them back to reality, and let them know that they absolutely can sell that house for $110,000, but they're going to have to wait for an offer. So an investor like myself makes my money on buying low and selling high, not buying high and selling higher. So I have a real estate agent that I work with, several actually, that specializes in the area that you want, and they're really good at getting leads on the Internet above and beyond what is just on the MLS. And if you'd like, I can have one of them contact you to talk to you about listing the house. You are going to pay a commission, but you're going to end up netting a lot more working with them than you are going to be working with someone like me. Someone like me, I'm just going to make a lowball offer, and I'm either going to close on it or one of my partners are going to close on it, and it's going to close in two to four weeks. But if you really want the number that you want, I would suggest talking to a real estate agent. So you give them options, and then if that's the option they want to go with, you call up your real estate agent, you find a really good real estate agent with a really good reputable brokerage, and um, you start feeding them leads. And every time they close a deal, you make a 25% referral fee for essentially doing nothing, and you take all that money and you sink it back into your marketing. So all your marketing is actually free, and you end up being able to generate cash right away with these little, you know, and $2,000, 25% commissions for essentially doing nothing. So if you're thinking about getting your real estate license, 
and you want to be an investor, don't get your real estate license and end up turning into a realtor because, to me, that's the most miserable job on the face of the planet, and you end up being everyone's bitch, you know, riding people in cars and shit like that. I would highly suggest being a referral agent for the deals that you want to pass up on that you don't want to work with. And I think that just those two strategies alone can get it so that you're not overwhelmed with all these leads that aren't making any money. You're very laser-focused on, you know, only focusing on the stuff that actually makes us money. And the script that I just ran through, that just comes as a result of having good communication skills. And you notice that I didn't have to lie or be like a snake oil salesman or anything like that. I can absolutely be completely ethical and do everything above board and legal and Mm -hmm. influence people so that they know, like, and trust you. And I really think that the gurus, um, some of them, not all of them, a lot of them are good guys, have really missed that. And I think that a lot of people in the business have completely missed that to the point that the investing community has this perception by some people um, that, you know, we're a bunch of uh, horrible vultures looking to take advantage of other people's misfortunes. And that's just not reality. Yeah, and and I like the fact, Nathan, that you're approaching this new venture in your life uh, with full open disclosure. I mean, you're going to be an open book to folks, and uh, they can watch you on your journey back through this. I like the strategy you talked about with finding the buyers first, and it was reminding me of a podcast we did recently with a friend of mine named Rick, Rick Hine. And the title of the podcast was actually about how to use Evernote as a CRM. But it was about his journey and kind of, he was my original, originally was one of my acquisition managers, how he got started in the business. That's all we did. We started off doing some seller marketing, a little frustrated with the results. So we started really focusing on buyer marketing, finding good buyers, because they're the customers in the business, right? And we just started doing a lot of marketing and we didn't make our buyers jump through hoops. All of the phone calls from those letters came right to Rick's cell phone. He would talk to them and he would find out what they're looking for. What do they want? And we found that we were, there were a ton of other wholesalers that were bringing us their deals. We didn't have to do much marketing at all. In fact, we stopped our marketing for a period of time because we had so many other wholesalers and investors and property managers and realtors bringing us deals because we had such good buyers. And right. um, Rick actually eventually did get his license. It's easier to kind of do what we're talking about, I think, sometimes if you have a license. But the point of the fact of the matter is there's something to be said with, with doing marketing and, and having some confidence and knowing what to say to sellers and buyers when they call having and, and not complicating it, right? Absolutely. Another thing that I think that holds people back and I only know this just because, again, I have that unfair bird's eye view in the past of coaching people, selling information products, and getting emails from people that bought your program and weren't able to do it, is people are really, they're proud, and they think that, well, if everyone finds out that I don't have any money and don't have any credit and I'm essentially a faker, 
they're not going to want to do business with me and they're not going to take me seriously. And what I found is the opposite is true. Just over the past few months, I've just been getting myself a little bit re-familiarized with the real estate business because I've been out of it for five years. And uh, I'll go to the REA meeting and, you know, basically, you know, when people stand up, if you've ever been to a real estate investor meeting, everyone stands up and they give the same lame pitch. And it goes something more like this. Yes, my name is my name is Bob, and I I I, I buy houses cash, cash any area any area, um you know, just just let me know. Just call me. My number is five 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 one two three four. And everyone does the same thing. And everyone in there, eighty percent of them are wholesalers that don't actually close, and the other twenty percent of them are actual cash buyers. So I've just been doing the complete opposite. I'll go to a REA meeting and I'll just stand up. And when it comes my turn to introduce myself, I'll just say, my name's Nathan Jurowitz. I used to be a guru. I'm not a guru anymore. And I'm getting back into real estate. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and lost everything. I knew how to make a lot of money. I necessarily wasn't really great at being a good steward of my money and keeping my money. So I'm pretty much a faker. So I'm pretty much just going to say that I'm going to buy your house. But when you bring it to me, I'm not actually going to buy it. I'm just going to sign the contract to someone else. So I'm a faker. Do we have any fakers here? Raise your hand if you're a faker. And then everyone just starts <laughs> laughing. So if you have any fakers here, talk to me. Maybe we can do some cold wholesaling or something together. And if you're not a faker and you actually close on deals in your name, then contact me and maybe um, I can flip you a contract or something like that. From that point on, I pretty much own the room and everyone wants to do business with me. Sure. Well, it it does help to have some buyers already before you stand up in the room, right? I didn't have any buyers when I said that. I'm just saying right, that I'm, I'm I'm using that strategy to get buyers because if you're a buyer, I a real see. buyer, and you hear right. something like that, you immediately think, okay, well, everyone in the real estate industry is pretty much a bullshitter and doesn't do what they say they're going to do. But this kid isn't. I like him. I want to do business with him. That's very, very likable. And that is one of the seven variables that you need to learn about to get into the good old boys club. And I see where you're going. That's what you have to do. A very wise man once said, you know, because it all comes to a pride thing. Okay, people are too prideful to let out, you know, their struggles. Okay. So a very wise man once said, those that exalt themselves will be humbled, and those that humble themselves will be exalted. That was God that said that, by the way. Okay, you can check. You know, so sure. let's put that to somewhere the test. in Luke, right? It's in uh, Matthew 23. Jesus Matthew. said it. Yeah, Matthew 23. Those that exalt themselves will be humbled, and those that humble themselves will be exalted. So I'm putting that verse to to the test right now with what I'm doing because not only am I advertising this video that tells this entire story to everyone in Hillsborough, Pasco, Pinellas, and Polk County that, on Facebook, the county where I plan on doing business with, but I also recently moved in with my mother at the age of 34 years old. So I'm also made another video that just was released today that uh, that that discloses that. So I'm doing the opposite of what anyone else in wholesaling would do. So do you think it'll make a difference? Do you think that people will not take me seriously if I tell everyone I have no money, but I'm going to buy houses, 
and that I live with my mother. Will that make a difference? It'll be an interesting to see what happens. I think it's really interesting, to say the least, because who else who else has the uh, cojones to do that? You, you can say it. Just say balls. Let's just let's say, it. say balls, Joe. Come on. Honesty, Joe. Just be honest. <laughs> balls. I said it. Balls there. to do it. it. Wow. He even said it with gusto. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's enough. <laughs> We're going to have to put a... Explicit filter on this one. Yeah, submit this filter. podcast to, you to bleep out all the curse words in this podcast, which actually will make it funnier. So I'm cool with that. Well, which act will actually, you know, probably give us more listeners and more feedback and more interaction. Yeah, because we <laughs> but, need to uh, market to, we need to attract the people that have foul mouths because that's yeah. a good market. There's a lot of people with foul mouths that want to get in real estate, so we're just attracting them. <laughs> And we'd, oh, anyway, we could go down that rabbit trail, but, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, Nathan, once again, you're kind of shaking things up a little bit, uh, which I love. I think it's good because uh, we need to be real in this business and we need to be real with our friends. We need to be real with, uh, you know, people that we're coaching and teaching in the business. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's never okay to hide behind a fake facade of, yeah, I'm all successful and I'm happy and I don't have any problems and you need to be like me. Um, it's not it's not what this is about. And uh, I like the fact that you're going back into real estate, especially because that's kind of where you got started. I mean, you got started, you were doing a lot of deals and you started thinking outside the box. You're one of the first ones in the industry to really ask yourself the question like, how can I make a lot of money in real estate? And not do all the work, right? Absolutely. And you're kind of doing that. You're kind of doing that again, in a certain sense, right? You're you're just asking yourself the question: well, Why can't I do it this way, right? Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, what? And what's the worst thing that could possibly happen when you've been through what I've been through? I will say this: This is kind of unfair, an unfair advantage that I have when you've been okay. taken through the meat grinder and. You've lost your sanity. You've lost your money. You've lost your credibility. God puts you in a position to where, what is the worst? If I do this, what is the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen? And I'm just like trying to run across any every scenario because I could totally completely fail. That's a re- completely realistic possibility. But if that happens it's just going to end up leading to something else that was better. Like I already went around this merry-go-round once. I went around this mountain once, whatever you want to call it, two years ago because I declared to everyone on the Internet, and I think it was probably emailed out to 2 million people that I was going to write a book and I was going to become a New York Times bestseller. Well, that plan definitely got disrupted, and I ended up in the loony bin. Um, Mm -hmm. So really... I mean, what's the worst that could really happen? And when you have that attitude, you literally are attacking this business where you have absolutely no fear, okay? Um, But um, there's one thing that you absolutely, you cannot accomplish this business without. And I'm just going to say, I know this is not politically correct, but I mean... That shit pretty much sailed at the beginning of this interview. You really cannot do this 
without the direction from God. You have yeah. two extremes, okay? You have one extreme over here where you're going to do everything in your own strengths, okay? And you're going to listen to the step-by-step paint-by-number system that the guru gave you. And you're either codependent on the guru for you to become successful or you think you're going to do it all in your own strength. And that's the one extreme here. And th- there, and that will end up, you'll usually end up falling on your face very, very quickly. Okay. If you do have some success from doing that, it won't be sustainable. And I can tell you that from experience. So that's one extreme. You have another extreme on the total opposite end of the spectrum where you're going to depend on God to do everything for you. And you're basically going to sit in a room and pray for an angel to show up your door with a check or a real estate contract, okay? And that could happen, but um, the reality is you need to co-labor with God and ask God for direction on whether he even wants you to do this business or not. And if so, will he start to open up doors for you? you got three voices in your head, okay? Everyone has three voices yeah. in their head, and you may not even realize this, okay? 33% of everything that you think is you, 33% of everything you think is God, and 33% of everything you think is something else, and it's not cool, okay? And it's usually really able to, it's really easy to discern what the something else is. Okay, I'm talking about demons, by the way, guys, or spirit, you know, bad things, bad stuff. That voice that's telling you in your head that you're never going to succeed. It's always going to be this way, tempting you to do, you know, whatever. Okay, that's usually easy to to figure out what that is. You just don't listen to that voice. But learning to discern between your voice and God's voice is a skill that can be developed and a gift that God will give you if you ask them for it. You know, so that's mm. really, really important. And it's something that you need to learn if you want to have success. You know, people that are religious minded or Christians typically don't have the most money. As a matter of fact, a lot of Christians have this, um, they're known for being broke all the time. And I think it's because they go to that extreme to where they think that having money is bad or they think that they're going to be able to sit and pray for an angel to show up at their door with a check. Okay, so you really have to understand that and co-labor with God to become successful and to prosper. So, I mean, I guess that's about as much as I'll talk about God on this interview. You can kind of get back into real estate. I don't know if your audience was really ready for that, Joe, but I just decided to go there anyway. Well, I, if we have any audience left, I mean, you've cussed and you've mm-hmm. talked about God, and now we're talking about real estate. And don't you know forget what? I don't, curse words. And don't forget curse, curse words. words. You know what? I don't think I, I don't think God is uh, sitting back in shock that he heard somebody say a cuss word. Um, so everybody needs to relax. It's going to be okay. Nathan said a bad word. You chill out. It's going to be all right. The world's not falling apart. Um, I'm not Jesus. Okay. (laughs) God still loves Um, Nathan, even though he cusses, and God still loves me, even though I said the B word. Right? (laughs) 
Ball. The B word. Oh, that B word. The B word. The B word is not balls, Joe. It's something else. We won't go there. So, yeah, this is, um, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking was when you're at the bottom, when you're at the bottom, right? Rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, if you, when, if you try something again and you fail, you don't have very far to fall, right? So really why don't. not? Why not go ahead and just give it all and say, you know what? All right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to f- stick with this. I'm going to figure it out until I get it to work. I, in fact, sometimes some of my students that I think have the best success are the ones who their backs are against the wall, you know? Now, I'm not saying that your back has to be against the wall. You have to be on rock bottom before you can start having success and deals. Right. But there's something that you need. You need that kind of desperate, I've got to find well, a way to Well, it's kind of discovering work. your why, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you do need to educate yourself. Here's another thing. This is like a behind-the-scenes guru thing that the listeners don't really know about. When we're coming up with ideas for content to sell to you guys or to give you guys away for free or whatever, you know, if we're like, okay, well, let's come out with a 100-page ebook and we'll give it away for free. Well, now, because Americans especially have be, have turned into, you know, fat, lazy, um, you know, entitled douchebags, um, they think to themselves, oh, I don't want to read a 100-page book. So then what we do is we take out a lot of the information and we condense it down to 27 pages because we know that people are too lazy to read a 100-page ebook. Okay, that's reality. So you do need to educate yourself and you do need to spend some time learning about the tips and tactics to actually do this, but the, you know, language patterns and selling skills as well. That's not something that you can really just skip, okay? It's something that has to be learned. Now, some people are more natural than others. You know, some people end up getting into real estate and they've never been to a real estate seminar, and that does happen. Um, so then there are two extremes to that, um, like, to, to that issue as well, because on one extreme you have people that, will say, okay, well, I'm going to spend all this time at these seminars, going to these courses or reading books to avoid having to actually take action and then they never take action. And then you have another extreme where people don't educate themselves at all and they just take action and then nothing ends up happening. So there ends up being a balance. So I would suggest if you're doing this business, spend an hour a day educating yourself and the rest of the, as, as much time as you possibly have, um, uh, you know, actually doing the business. Yeah. Um, the transition from work, leaving your job or the situation that you're at now um, and getting into the business full time is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And people get stuck between a rock and a hard place because they're like, well, I'm working 40 hours a week. I've got to spend time with my kids and I have to do this and I have to do that. I don't actually have time to do real estate. And that's why all the push button systems of, you know, flip five to 10 houses per month without doing any work with no money, no credit sells so well. The reality is the people that actually take action and actually do stuff, they build relationships with private lenders, wholesalers, 
real estate agents. They do work. They have rehab crews. They have advertising budgets, and they actually do stuff. The person that we're selling to in the info space is not the same person that actually does deals. Our demographic of who we're selling to, what I'm about to tell you is this is like undercover behind-the-scenes stuff that I don't even know if Joe even wants me talking about, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Well, go ahead, Nathan. 40 to 60-year-old, 70% male, 30% female, white, Christian, conservative, Republican. He wants to make money in real estate because he saw, you know, Fan Merrill, Danny flipped this house or one of those house flipping shows. He's stuck in his job. Um, he wants to make money with no money, wants to make money in real estate with no money, no credit, without talking to banks, without talking to real estate agents. He wants to wake up out of bed, check his email inbox with um, seller and buyer leads in his email inbox every single day. And he wants to have closings with big fat checks every single month. And he thinks that real estate gurus only make money selling information and not actually doing real estate. So from the guru's point of view, when we come up with ideas to sell shit to you guys, we have to overcome all or most of those objections. And if we're able to do that, we're going to have a winning offer and a lot of people are going to buy our stuff. The problem is, is that the core issue is it's, even though all of our information works, or most of it works, I would, I would hope, we just, we basically just trick you into buying something. So now you're playing the movie in your head of all the stuff that you're going to get when you buy our product, the mansions, the cars, all that kind of stuff. It really needs to be a different movie. We need to get better at painting a more realistic picture of what actually has to happen to you guys. And that's our fault. And I'd like to publicly apologize to the mm. entire industry on behalf of all the other gurus for that. And that's kind of why I yeah. made, made the video I made to kind of, kind of disrupt the real estate industry and kind of turn everything upside down. Yeah. But one practical tactic that you can do is go to God and ask him to bring you a business partner that will finance your transition from the situation you're at now to starting your business. There's a lot of people out there that have a lot of money that don't want to do as much work that you'll do that will finance and support you as you're making this transition for anywhere between 25 to, you know, 49% of the company. I wouldn't give up any more than 51%, okay? So just ask God if, that, if you think so that is an option for you. And if it is, then get a piece of paper and draw a line in the middle of the piece of paper and write down everything that you're good at on the left side and everything that you suck at on the right side and ask God to bring you a business partner that has money, that has the skill sets that you suck at. Did you hear what I just said? Does that make sense? That, that was really good. And if if you want to buy my course that teaches you how to get rich and fat and lazy yep. at the same time, just go to yep. wholesalingrootoptions.com. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you know what, what? What? Just to tie into what you said, Nathan. I think that was so good. And I, and and I, I think what the the apology that you just made is, is I know from uh, talking to you earlier, uh, is very genuine. I mean, the the info guru space is really screwed up. Um, there's there's a lot of charlatans out there that are selling crap to people that shouldn't be buying it. 
Um, but you and, know, on the same, know, on the same, at the same time, I have to defend the gurus because when you sell okay. one course and you get a gazillion emails from whiny little bitches, okay, that basically make up an excuse as to why they can't be successful. We hear that and we're like, okay, what about that person? Now we have to craft an offer for them and get them to believe that they can do this. Oh, I can't raise any private money. I can't find any wonder raise money. So what do we do? We come up with a course. Well, we'll partner with you and we'll provide the money for you. The reality is it's very difficult to run a business model with you partnering with students all over the country. Do you guys do that, by the way? I don't even know. Do you guys partner with students all over the country? Does that happen? Sometimes I do, yeah. Okay. It's very, it's, it's, I mean, it, it can be done. It's just difficult because you're expecting us gurus to know the market in all 50 states. So a lot of times people end up bringing us deals that aren't really deals, and then we don't fund them, they get pissed. Um, and then we look like the bad guy. So on yeah. one hand, yes, the gurus have been guilty of pushing the envelope a little bit and making, you know, promising you the world and enabling you to do nothing. But on the other hand, it's kind of also the you guys' fault, the people listening to this podcast, not all of you, just the whiny little bitches, okay? And you make up all these excuses as to why you can't do this and you you, know, you go to a blog and you, you go to a rip-off report and you talk about how this guy scammed you and you don't take any responsibility for yourself. And that's just kind of sad and pathetic. Yeah. Wow. That's good. So I want to say one thing, have... too. Sure. Well, I was going to say I, was, I did a workshop in Barcelona with a friend of mine, Tom Wade, and we had like 25, 30 people there. And we had everybody get up and go into two groups. One group, you like to talk to sellers, you're good at sales and negotiating, go to one side of the room. And if you don't like talking to sellers, but you have money to invest in marketing, go to the other side of the room. So one group is no money to invest in marketing, but you're good at talking to sellers, you're good at negotiating. The other room side of the room, if you have money and you can invest in marketing and you're not good at talking to sellers, go over there. Right. And I was surprised. It was 50-50. And so we made them get together and talk to each other and talk about maybe forming some kind of a partnership together in the business. And Tom had done that before, and I thought it was really interesting. I'd never seen that done before at a workshop. And there were two guys at this event that were at a in the prior event that Tom did um, about four months earlier three, four months earlier, and these guys were on their sixth or seventh deal, and they did the same exact process where they, one guy liked talking to sellers. He was good at the, being on the phone, but he didn't have the money to invest in marketing, and the other guy did have the money to invest in marketing. They started sending out a lot of direct mail, and they were on their sixth or seventh deal now, four months later. And I think that's really great advice that you just gave there. You know, Find out what you're good at and find out what you're not good at. And ask God to help you with that stuff you're not good at. And one of the ways he can help you do that is by maybe bringing somebody into your business that you can partner with that can do that stuff for you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That was really good. Absolutely does make sense. Yeah, like, yeah uh, they identify your that, strengths and weaknesses and then orchestrate in a way that you can work your strengths and sub out your weaknesses, so to speak. Sure. 
Partnerships don't work in a lot of cases because the people that you end up going into business with and partnering with end up being your friends and you're both excited about getting the business. And the reason why you're friends is because you're interested in a lot of the same things and you're good at a lot of the same things, which is why you became friends to begin with. That is probably the absolute worst person you could do business with because you guys would be really strong in one area of the business and really weak in another area of the business. Like for me, I'm not really so good at handling money and I'm not so good at analyzing properties. Okay, but I'm really good at talking mm-hmm. to people. So, you know, I found a business partner and gave them 49% of this venture and they end up ended up taking care of my immediate living expenses so I can focus on this blog. And I kind of talked about that a little bit in the, the Motivated Misfit Mascot video, which if you haven't seen, you, I'm sure that we're going to tell people where they can go see it at the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about that, but it's just like just that's just common sense. Um, you're going to prosper a lot easier. But a lot of people are like, "Well, I want to give 25 to 49 percent of my company away." Um, well, then I guess you're just going to be stuck in your job forever, and it's just never going to happen. If that's if that's the situation you're in, then that's that's where you're going to be. So I wouldn't just go into business with someone that just had money and didn't want to do anything and give them 49 percent of your business because. What will end up happening is it won't end well. Um, you, the, you know, at first you'll get out of the business, and then when you realize you're doing all the work and they're not doing anything, um, you, you know, greed will kick in on someone's on, on one end of the spectrum, on one end of the team, and um, it, it just won't be. It, it really won't be worth it. I would find someone that has capital and has skill sets that you don't have when it comes to maybe like managing people or hiring employees, you know, stuff like that. Um, if yeah. someone's just going to be providing the money and that's it, um, I probably wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give them more than 25% of my company. All right. So Nathan, summarize kind of what, what you're going to be doing the next and, and how people can kind of follow you along on your journey. You, You've lost everything. And that video that people can go to, you're, you're going to, you show them your bank balance. You had like $280 yeah. in there or something, something like that, right? That, yeah. And yeah. now you're, you're living with your mom and uh, you're paying her rent, right? I am paying her rent. I'm paying her $850 okay. a month. I'm paying her rent. <laughs> All right. You, pretty funny, actually. You do, <laughs> you do have a car. One of them was repossessed, but you have a new one now, right? But yeah, I have a like Volkswagen GTI. You're paying twenty something percent, twenty percent interest yeah, or something yeah, like that, right? Credit was destroyed during. You know, when you, I mean, in my defense, when you have bipolar disorder and you're clinically depressed, I literally was not able to work for two years. So you were a lot can happen. You were sleeping. You were sleeping like twenty hours a day for how long? Um. 20 hours a day for probably like a month. And okay. then it just lessened and lessened and lessened as I slowly was able to get out of this funk. There's a whole nother backstory that I won't go into on this interview. I will be coming out about how I actually did that and beat bipolar disorder on my blog um, later on. But it's probably not appropriate to talk about it right now. But um but you know, now I you know I have a normal sleep schedule. I sleep probably eight hours a day. 
Okay. Um, and did you, you're um, on did you the, set up a domain to send people to, Joe? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a domain, guys, if you want to get to this video. If you go to reimisfits.com, reimisfits.com, that will point you to the video that we've been talking about in this podcast. I wanted to get REIM for Real Estate Investing Mastery, Misfits, but that would be two M's together. <laughs> that might yeah, be confusing. confusing. So I just did REI, REIMisfits.com. Right, right, right. That's R-E-I, R-E-I, you, know what that just, you know what that just reminded me of, real quick? <laughs> have you seen no, the movie Step? Have you seen the movie Step Brothers and Will Ferrell and um, yeah. what's the other guy's name? They're sitting there in the office with that lady. Talk about misfits and uh, she's trying to spell the lady's name at Pam, and she he keeps saying like Panned with a D O with a silent D. <laughs> 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 like oh no, two M's, two M's. That's what it was. There are two M's. <laughs> Sorry, so, that just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a link to that movie in the show notes as well. Yeah, if, if Joe, yeah, I could talk about if I could talk about my blog, motivated misfits only, real quick. Yeah, um, yeah, motivated misfits about, only. Yeah, motivated misfits only. That domain will redirect to that blog, and that'll redirect straight to the video we've been talking about. You'll be able to watch the video. It's 32 minutes long, um, and you'll be able to subscribe to it. I have a free report called the Good Old Boys Club Conspiracy that talks about a lot of the same things that we've talked about on this podcast. And every time I send up make new videos and I'm my journey about me actually getting into real estate, I'll be continuing to make new videos and posting them on the blog and emailing them to you. But I really kind of found that you have a lot of people that growing up were kind of misfits, you know. You may have experienced a ton of projection in the past from maybe the opposite sex, or maybe not. Maybe you haven't experienced a general rejection from the opposite sex, um, but you've experienced rejection in other areas of your life. And um, 80% of the people that you talk to just tell you to forget about your big goal, your big dream. So maybe you want to get into real estate. Maybe you want to get into online marketing. Maybe you want to break into Hollywood. Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to, you know, do multi-level marketing. Maybe you just want to get a high-paying job, okay? And uh, you just you just think differently than the majority of people around you. And eighty percent of your friends and family tell you to forget about that crap and just go do something lame, like get a nine-to-five. And then you've got like another twenty percent of your friends that are like, you know what? That's great. You should totally do that. And they might encourage you, but there's not really anyone giving you any kind of direction or wisdom or actionable steps on how to basically bring yourself out of the situation you're in now with the existing, you know, hand of cards that you've been dealt in life to wherever you want to go. And our philosophy is that, you know, life is a good old boys club. And, you know, you hear when you go to like personal development seminars or motivational type seminars, you hear things like, you're the average of the five people you most hang out with, or your network is your net worth, or it's all about who you know. And everyone knows that, but when you hear that, you're like, yeah, that's true. And then you just go on a life and don't do anything about it. I want to take it a step further and really teach people why is it that you're not hanging around with the right people, you don't have relationships with the right people, you're not in the good old boys club. And that's what this hmm. blog is really for it's for those people so i want to start 
a movement of motivated misfits that are able to really break the status quo and go out and accomplish big things. And that's really where my heart is and what I really want to do. And I've yet to meet anyone ever that really has everything together. So you'd think, well, I'll wait till I'm successful again and I have money again and I'm successful in real estate or successful in info marketer or whatever. And then I'll go start this movement. And I'm like, you know what? Screw that. You know, I'm a misfit just like everyone else. So let's just, you know, put our cards on the table and say, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to use this one currency of my ability to influence people and make friends. And I'm going to teach you how to do it along the way. I like it. Good for you, Nathan. Good for you, man. I'm glad to see you're on the... Um, you're on the road to recovery. You're, you, you're not afraid to speak your mind and be yourself. And um, not a lot of people can do that. Good for you, man. Well, thanks, Good Joe. For you. Thanks, Alex. Anything else? Anything? Uh, no, anything thanks. We're Nate. supposed to talk about or say? Or are we pretty much done? Reimisfits.com, and that's really it. Yeah. Right? Reimisfits.com. If you don't know how to spell misfits, well. Welcome to the club. You're a misfit. <laughs> M-I-S-F-I-T-S. Yes. R-E-I, misfits. If you don't know how to spell R-E-I, well, I don't think anybody can help you. But reimisfits.com. And, oh, boy. Uh, you you got to see this video. Um, Nathan is, is right on the dot when he talks about the good old boys club. And that applies to not just real estate, it applies to a lot of different things. And um, you got to make sure that you're doing whatever you can, even if you're a girl, to be in the good old boys, the good old girls club. Um, it's, it's really important. And um, so good. And, and Nathan's going to be updating his blog regularly with his progress, his deals, what's going on in his life. And I think it's going to be very inspirational and challenging for a lot of us. And I'm looking forward to following you on this journey as well, Nathan. And uh, we're here to support you. And uh, we've got your back. And uh, we are, I consider you a really good friend, Nathan. And um, I want to thanks for, I want to thank you for being on the, uh, on this podcast. Okay. Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Alex. This is awesome. Good. Reimisfits.com. Go to the show notes as well at realestateinvestingmastery.com. And get some more, get the transcription of this podcast, um, get our Fast Cash Survival Kit, or just comment. Check I'm it sure out. this podcast, yeah, I'm sure this podcast will generate a lot of comments. So uh, let us know what you think. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Just make sure that, um, you know, you say things in a nice way. <laughs> well, they can, I mean, Joe, they can hate. That's cool. You guys could comment something like hateful on it, and you could just share it on your Facebook wall, and you could tell everyone not to watch or listen to this podcast. What cool is that? I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, well, I won't get into that. I'll just leave it at that. So, <laughs> hey, thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Joe. See you guys. All right, see you guys. Bye-bye.